This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. Good morning to those joining us in the live chat as well already. Uh, the dedicated ones amongst you. Good morning to you all. Errol, good morning to you, to Jose, to Amira, to Jason, to Marcus, Steve. We've got uh, Kaiser. Uh, we've got uh, KW3, Ray, Rich, uh, Marcus, Guna, Jake, uh, Matt, uh, Martin Harvey. We've got Dave. We've got Trevor, A1, Vlad, plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, hope that you're doing good and well and uh, that you've enjoyed your weekend. That you're ready for what is a very, very big week indeed, uh, we expect, uh, in the world of Arsenal transfers. And not only Arsenal transfers, but contract renewals and uh, training as well. The players are expected back this week. Uh, of course, some of them will be slightly delayed. Those of the, uh, those that were taking part in international footballs, Emil Smith-Rowe is, of course, still in the Under-21s tournament after England progressed to the semi-final. So there is a lot to go on. There is a lot to uh, to see uh, this week and see who comes back, see the status of the likes of Tommy Asu. Is he training? Is Saliba training? Contract of Saliba, all of that stuff. You know, hopefully this week uh, we're going to get some big, big updates. So fingers crossed uh, that turns out to be the case because uh, we could really do with some some more announcements. So uh, let's, let's wait and see. Um, let's jump then into our stories. Uh, first of all, on this day, 22 years ago, Arsenal confirmed the signing of Sol Campbell uh, from Tottenham Hotspur on a free transfer, one of the biggest deals and most shock and surprise transfers in Premier League history. And 22 years later, who knows, maybe this week, maybe today, I'd love to see it happen. I don't think it will, but but maybe today we see Arsenal sign another England international um, uh, a player that could eclipse the transfer that of Sol Campbell in that sense. It's going to be very difficult indeed. But another London switch. Declan Rice will wait and see if that indeed does turn out to be 
a transfer this week, 22 years on from Sol Campbell's move. So let's wait and see. Uh, Santi Cazorla is uh, is leaving Qatar finally after three years of playing for Al Sadd. Uh, he's potentially going to be returning to Villarreal. Now, the door is open. And I want to kind of put it to you guys. Would you sign Santi Cazorla on a free transfer? 39-year-old does not look like he has slowed down at all. Like, he has been fantastic. And I'd quite like to see a future where Santi Cazorla becomes part of the fabric of Arsenal as well um, again. But Villarreal, you know, a side that are pushing uh, into the champion, well, into into European football next season. And, of course, have been playing at the top of Spanish football for some time. Still feel as though that Santi Cazorla can be an asset to them. If it was between Santi and El Nene, <laughs> let's put it that way, I'd love to see Santi coming in. Um Purely, of course, for depth and nothing more. But uh, just as a, just as I feel as though he never got to say properly goodbye to the club. But I'd love to see him back at the club one day, probably in a coaching capacity more so than a player capacity. But Santi Cazorla, it'd be great to see him back at Arsenal, wouldn't it? Uh, Miguel Aziz is said to be wanted by Barca B. Uh, of course, Aziz's future at Arsenal remains very uncertain. He's really failed so far to to fulfil the potential that so many felt that he had. Uh, I remember days where we were short in midfield and people were suggesting that we should bring Aziz into the senior side. And, you know, he's gone on loan to Ibiza. He's gone on loan to uh, Wigan and things just have not worked out. And, and a really critical part, you know, of his career, I, I really, really think that there is a, a disappointment about the way in which Miguel Aziz's future has developed so slowly in some senses and we got to hope that if indeed a permanent exit happens that Arsenal have made the right choice because there was bundles of potential there but unfortunately he's not been able to fulfill that it seems at Arsenal he does need to move permanently away I'm not sure if Barca B is the right place for Miguel Aziz uh, but at 20 years of age I think he needs to be getting uh, into a regular senior team uh, more so than another youth side now Urien Timber according to Florian Pletterberg is expected to make his move to Arsenal this week an announcement on his transfer is imminent who knows will we see an announcement the next day or two or three let's wait and see but uh, if a deal can move as quickly as Zobosla did for uh, for Liverpool surely Arsenal after agreeing a deal for Urien Timber can get this deal uh, over the line very soon indeed. We are awaiting this one to get done. Massive, massive transfer for Arsenal. I've continued, continued to say to you guys, do not let this one go under the radar. Do not let it get swallowed up in all of the chaos of Declan Rice and Kai Havertz. Urien Timber to Arsenal is what is going to be, for me, one of the signings of the summer. A brilliant, brilliant piece of news. And uh, fingers crossed we can see Timber in an Arsenal shirt in pre-season and in that uh, tour to Germany very soon indeed. Fabrizio Romano providing the breaking story <laughs> that uh, Arsenal are now very close. <laughs> is this the, is the quote now? Very close uh, as a new week dawns uh, for a major announcement for Declan Rice. Uh, final details are being ticked off in the negotiations between Arsenal and West Ham about how the payment structure will take place. It was always expected that Monday, we, we kind of felt that Monday today was going to be a big key day in the Rice saga. Could it end today? Let's let's see if it does. But uh, it was more than close last week. It's now very close now. I don't know how much closer we can get to done. I don't know what the I don't know what the the uh, 
the synonym for very close can be before you get to completed. Uberly close, massively close. I know massively close works. It's that the, 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 the had the distance between close and done becomes so incrementally small that it becomes imperceivable to the naked eye. Maybe that's kind of the the way that we're going. Um, I think inches away, maybe it's too far, millimetres, nanometres away from being done. <laughs> maybe that's kind of the terminology that we'll see. I've, I mean, it's a really bit good of insight here from Bossett. He's in London. I mean, he played for another London club. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's very close. Get your best, uh, your best superlatives for how close the Declan Rice deal is, uh, is in the chat box. John Daly said, the rice is boiling. It's just not ready to eat yet. It's like we're so close, so close to getting it perfect. Uh, let's let's see if this deal can get more than close uh, this week. And our headline story of the day is, of course, that Liverpool are pushing to sign Romeo Lavia. Uh, and a bid is supposedly, according to Ben Jacobs, uh, is being prepared for the Belgian international. Arsenal remain interested in the player, but the Romeo Lavia deal did very much seem to be linked to whether or not Partey was going to go. And at the moment, that Partey exit has not really progressed beyond suggestions of links to Juventus, uh, to Saudi Arabia. It's not progressed. Um, There's been no change. I don't expect there to be a change in that for a while. Um, And that delay in any chance of seeing uh, Partey leave has clearly opened the door uh, for other sides. And there have been other sides interested in uh, Romeo Lavia for quite some time. Um, and Liverpool seemingly are pushing ahead. They've said to have overtaken Chelsea in any kind of advanced negotiations. Southampton still want £50 million for Lavia, which is a lot of money. I think they want to see um, I think they want to see that price come down somewhat. I think every club wants to see that price come down as well. Liverpool and Southampton have those relationships, of course, from all the deals that they've done between the two clubs for quite some time, although Southampton have got a lot of new people, as do Liverpool, uh, looking over the transfers. But if Arsenal want to sign Lavia, um, you know that they are going to have to push uh, quickly to make sure they don't miss out on him. He said that he was a target that Arsenal were very much interested in and had had talks with and, you know, on a personal level, but had not made any kind of moves on the club side. So if Arsenal, you know, do end up missing out on Lavia, it will be because the club decided not to move for him, not that they were beaten to any kind of signing for Lavia unless they do end up moving in the next week or so. But right now, Arsenal have not made a play on the club side for Lavia. And so the door is open for other teams. For me, if the you know if it's if it, if it's keeping Partey, um, then of course you know Partey is the better player of the two. And for next season, if you're looking at it from a football perspective, if you're going into the Champions League, and Partey is going to better prepare you um, than Lavia is. So there are things to to consider. I still think that Arsenal needs to sign a centre midfielder, whether or not Partey leaves, uh, regardless of that kind of fact. So let's see if another player uh, is linked. But Lavia. And his future seems very much open to a number of teams right now with Arsenal there, but not leading the race for the player, uh, it seems like Liverpool are at the moment. And that completes all of today's stories uh, for this part of the show. We're going to move to part two and your questions right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thank you to everybody that's continued to donate to our fundraiser. Uh, we're now over £800 as well. We're closing in our £1,000 target. Uh, Matt Pinto, Faye, Grace, Hugo, uh, Jamil. We've got Owen, Ed, uh, John, Paul, uh, plenty more of you guys. Stephen, Pinnyween, Wes, uh, Big Kev, Dom, uh, and more. Thank you so much uh, for donations in the last uh, couple of days or so over the weekend. I'm hoping now to get on the phone to Macmillan to to talk to uh, them about how we can make this accessible for people that live outside of the UK if they would like to support the cause. Um, but we're closing in on that on the 31st of July. Me and three friends will be undertaking the 72-hole uh, golf challenge just for perspective it takes around three to four hours to play 18 holes so that gives you kind of an idea of how long of a day we're in for and how much of a challenge this is going to be but uh, uh, it's all in a good memory of our uh, our friend Vinnie Eagle so hopefully uh, we can reach our target of a thousand pounds that'd be brilliant if we could um right let's jump into the chat box um and go through some of your questions uh matthew says tom with the arrival of timber do you worry for ben white or do you see a way arteta implements both of them into a new formation i have no sympathy for any player when we sign someone no sympathy at all why why should i have sympathy you know i have no reason to have any sympathy uh for any player if we're signing someone because the idea is that you you bring competition. You bring competition um, and you look into what you can bring to a side so that if you have an injury, you're covered. You know, And that, I think, is really, really important. So no sympathy at all for Ben White. I'm not worried about Ben White. He'll thrive on the competition. Saliba came in and he found and adapted to a brand new role. Timber comes in. Let's see what the next stage for Ben White is. But Ben White will still start for me that first game of the Premier League season, barring any injuries on that right-back role. So let's wait and see what ends up happening. Um, Owen says, is Patrick Vieira dipping his toes into too much of the enemy waters? First, he moved to Man City and New York City, of course. And now Chelsea B, Strasbourg, of course. Strasbourg uh, were acquired a, a stake uh, by Chelsea. Chelsea acquired a stake in Strasbourg as well. So uh, is he dipping his toes into too much enemy water? No, is the honest answer. You know, Players are entitled to move to jobs that they want to move on after their playing career ends. It's a good opportunity to get back to French football after a, you know an up-and-down spell with Nice. Uh, and then, of course, Crystal Palace after that. So let's wait and see. I wish him all the best, but uh, I don't want him benefiting Chelsea. But uh, as long as Patrick Vieira, who's an Arsenal legend, of course, is doing well, I'm happy. Um, unless he goes to Spurs, then it's, it's very, very different. Um, Czech Perk says, everyone seems confused where Havertz fits into our front lineup. Is it possible that he plays deeper or am I overthinking? I think that it's pretty much well established now that there is an expectation he'll play as a partner to Martin Odegaard. I don't think he's going to play in the front three as often as maybe some people think. I think the most likelihood, the biggest likelihood is that he plays as a partner to Martin Odegaard. That's not as a number eight. It's certainly more as a wide, uh, as kind of an inside 
um, an inside 10, if you like, or our 8-10 hybrid, I think is the style of role that you would describe it as. So certainly Havertz will be playing, I think, as, as Martin Odegaard's partner. So we will look and see. Um, Ashley says, Caicedo is technically uh, is a technical and nippy tackler. Uh, do you think Lavia and Timber uh, negate that transfer? Lavia um he's 15 15 g uh less uh, 15 games play i was thinking what does g stand for 15 games played less than caicedo can uh be uh, coached and improved timber potentially a cdm good on the ball and tough tackle i don't look at timber as a cdm i might be wrong i'll tell i might change him but he's played one game at defensive midfield and that was at youth level um so i don't see timber being used as a dm for us but uh on the Lavia Caicedo thing, Chelsea are certainly advancing on the Caicedo deal. I think he'll end up there. Lavia seems to be a player that, unless Arsenal are going to lose Partey, they're probably not going to move for at this stage. Um, I still think Arsenal need to move for a centre midfielder. Who knows what happens? Keep an eye on the Caicedo thing. You know, you never know. <laughs> you never can rule out some crazy uh, Arsenal moves in the market. You know, he's a player that Arsenal have very much liked. They were interested in him and interested in Rice. There hasn't been an intention to, to move for him this summer so far. But who knows? Maybe if Chelsea agree, kind of an interesting figure with Brighton. Who knows? Could Arsenal move in? I wouldn't rule it out entirely. So let's let's wait and see what happens. Um Chris says, what about Patino? Is he staying? Couldn't that be a reason why the Lavia deal isn't, or rather is, stalling? Uh, at the moment, the words has not changed from the Patino side of things, which has been that there's going to be uh, a intention to try and seek a permanent move away from the club because the pathway into the first team is not that visible right now. But things do change. You know, things can change. So let's see if indeed we see some differences in the next few weeks or so with Patino's future. But Moves can kind of materialise out of nowhere. One day you're discussing whether or not the player is going to stay. The next day you get an exclusive drop from the Ornstein uh, letting us know that a team has agreed a fee with Arsenal. So things happen behind the scenes quite quickly. Um, so let's let's wait and see. Uh, Bro Pro says, Tom, can we still hijack the Zobo slide deal? <laughs> yeah, we wish. We wish. Uh, Daniel says, we need a core uh, squad of around 20 players and lots of rotation. We could be playing nearly 60 games next season if all the Cups go well. So everyone is going to get their minutes. Uh, Kling says, Tom, what are your predictions for the top four for next season? I assume for 23-24 rather than 22-23 because that was last season. Uh, but 23-24... Prediction would be Man City, Arsenal uh, off the bat, Liverpool and Chelsea, I think. Uh, you know, the amount they've spent, Poch doing well. It's between Chelsea and Man United who make that other spot. Newcastle, of course, look good. They've made some good signings, but I think it's going to be a very different season next season. So let's wait and see. It's going to be tougher, that's for sure. So let's wait and see what happens. I think we're in for a very, very intriguing and very competitive Premier League season next year. So let's wait and see how that goes down. But you know, surprises happen. Teams don't do as well as you think. And uh, very quickly, a form can get away with you. If you pick up a couple of drop points, you know, Arsenal dropped points in like three games before Christmas, I think it was. I think we dropped points against Man United. Um, Man, no, we didn't play Man City. We lost to Man United. Southampton. And I feel like there's one other game we dropped points in, um, unless it was just those two. But... Yeah, we just won and won and won and won. And that's why we're in the title race. And we still didn't wish to win the league. So, you know, if you drop points in more than like two or three games, your title race can be over before you've even thought it's got started. That's that's the reality of the Premier League. So let's wait and see. Uh, Bailey says, Tom, what do you usually get from Greg's? Great question. Uh, I'll tell you what, we had Greg's down in my local uh, where I live. And 
they've recently opened a new bakery and it is just levels. I know that people love their Greggs, but it is levels above what they're offering. But if I am at Everton, thank you. Everton was the other game. No, no, was it? No, it wasn't. Everton was the second part of the year. I'm sure it was. I'm sure Everton was in the new year. Not before Christmas. There was definitely a, a game before Christmas. I feel like we dropped points in. But anyway, back to the, the Greg's important question. Uh, I do love a Greg sausage roll. I do love a Greg steak bake. It's probably out of those two, to be fair. I'm one of those people, now judge me, judge me all you like, but I'm one of those people that likes my sausage roll cold. So I'm that guy. Okay, I'm just putting that out there. You know, you can buy a four pack of sausage rolls and Greg's. I don't heat them up. I eat them cold. I love them cold. It's just what I've always liked them as. Don't judge me, okay? That's just, I like them hot as well. It's not saying I don't like them hot, but I, I prefer eating a sausage roll cold. That's just, I'm a cold guy. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, Steve says, do you think there are any clubs out there who can afford Balogun? Talksport are saying Arsenal want 35. I mean, some places suggested Arsenal want 50 million pounds. Yeah, I think there are some clubs out there that could afford him. I mean, Crystal Palace can definitely afford to spend £35 million on a forward. Wolves, you know, are selling Max Kilman potentially for €40 million. Euros. They're potentially selling, I think, Collins to Brentford for €23 million. Pounds. Players are moving for big fees, you know, and, and Premier League clubs have money. So let's wait and see. Don't be shocked if Brentford ever came in for Balogun. You feel, I look at Brentford and I think, with Ivan Tony out, you know, for a while, it'd be interesting to see if Brentford came in for Balogun. That'd be very interesting indeed. So... Maybe Brentford are a team to, to look out for. Uh, Ethan, thank you so much for the uh, the donation. Which big summer signing and club do you think flops next season? Can't be Spurs. We all know that that's a given. I think United are going to flop big time. I hope it's Chelsea again, personally. I'd be hilarious if it's Chelsea. You know, Poch coming in, streamline their squad, and Kunku has been signed, Gusto's been signed, they want Caicedo as well. It'd be funny if they flopped. It'd be really, really funny if they did. It'd also be really funny if Newcastle flopped after the, all of the big talk about them. That would be that would be the one. Uh, Jimbo, yes, cold pack of four. Gosh, sausage rolls, colds, absolutely, all day long. Uh, <laughs> everyone's saying I'm oh, weird though in the chat box for that. I don't think it's that weird. I like them colds. What can I say? Um, and Ethan says, please use this money to heat up your sausage rolls. <laughs> Deary me. Anyway, um, I am going to be, I know I've said this a number of times. The Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast is going to be coming back, by the way. Don't you worry about that. I'm going to be getting on with the boys and Sophie about uh, doing that and starting that back up for the new season because I am. I'm actually looking to try and get... I keep being reluctant about it. I'm one of those people that hates being watched when like doing a workout or something like that. But I think I'm going to bite the bullet and start really and like looking into PTs and things like that because I'm really determined for next summer. I want to see kind of a journey across the season of, of, of my kind of fitness side of things for the podcast. So um, I think that's something that I want to try and do. So... Uh, no more Greg sausage rolls. <laughs> it's going to be the way forward, I'm afraid. Um, let's go to uh, Jackson's. Would you swap Balogun and 50 million for Ivan Tony and see it as a January transfer? Probably not. No, I'm not the biggest fan of of Ivan Tony. To be honest, I'm not a big fan of kind of the the attitude of the player when he said things that he said about Brentford. So I'm not a big fan of that personally. So. I've never been the big that keen on on Ivan Tony. Um, Amos says, "Morning, Tom. If Xhaka is to leave, who would fill his role in the leadership group and his unofficial role of the protector of the younger members of the squad?" Declan Rice, Amen. Declan Rice is coming in as a as a real leader, um, and I think that 
you know, I think that that is is a massive, massive factor in in this moving forwards is the fact that Declan Rice is is the, the leadership figure to replace Xhaka if indeed he moves on. Which at the moment there's no signs that Xhaka's deal is progressing with Bayer Leverkusen or that you know that's going to happen at the moment. Players are coming back for training. Of course, he played for Switzerland, so he's still I think got a slight delay before he returns. But yeah, it's going to be weird seeing Xhaka back. This this shirt, by the way, which is the new training kit. I saw a video and Jack has pictured in that. Now, I don't know when that video was recorded. And of course, that could have been recorded way before suggestions of him leaving. It could have been recorded before the season finished and they were just kind of teasing the new training kit. But he was involved in that video wearing this kit. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, very interesting to see. Darren says, buy some kettlebells, Tom, and work out from home. Like, I've got lots of, I've got that stuff. I've got kettlebells, dumbbells, benches, you know, everything. But it's just the the mentality. That is the big, it's the big mental block for me in kind of, progressing to actually do it you know there always used to be going to the gym and the mental block of getting in the car going to the gym um and it can be even even still be now it's just that mental block i have and i need to try and overcome that um let's go to uh ian says i guess rice's transfer is infinitesimally small <laughs> yeah uh close to being done one cannot get any closer than that theoretically impossible maybe depends on what kind of infinity we're talking about again Keep coming up with your superlatives for how close the Rice deal is. I think we're going to have to give some of our journo friends uh, a bit of a tip with some of the, the terminology and adjectives we can use. Um, and as Simos says, Tom, without the use of I trust Arteta, cop out, who would you have wanted between Havertz and Zoboslai with the prices they came in for the eight roll? Uh, well, neither, well, neither are an eight roll, by the way, just to give you a heads up on that. Neither are eights. So that's not a role that they're going to play. For me, the the Zoboslai's pathway into the Arsenal team is not as clear as Havertz. Havertz, for me, having played in that hybrid 8-10 role for uh, for Bayer Leverkusen when he partnered Julian Brandt, um, you know, that, that really saw him excel to the level of which he was coveted across the world. And I think that if we can unlock that again in Havertz, I think that is the route that we might see him play. Zoboslai is a wide 10, and I just don't think that we have the space they're very different players. They play different roles, different systems. And I think that arguably Liverpool are going to have to make some tweaks and changes to their team or they're going to have to adapt uh, Zoboslai to, to play a different style of role to fit him in the team. So the answer without saying it's Arteta, you know, and his decision, which is my primary kind of reason behind any transfer is because I've not been given any reason to not have faith in the coach. The secondary is that, the obvious pathway for Havertz is clearer than it is for Soboslai in this Arsenal team. So that's the reason uh, as to why. Um, John says, will I be at the Emirates Cup? I should be. I should be there. I should be working. Um, uh, I should be working at the Emirates Cup. So yeah, uh, I, I certainly should be there. So fingers crossed uh, that's that's going to be a thing. So let's wait and see. Um, Trevor says, I have a mental block of getting off the sofa. Look, mate, I know what you mean. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a real tough one. Um, Javier says, a wide 10 like Smith Rowe. Yeah, that is that is it. That's the best way to describe Zoboslai to me. It's like when we played Smith Rowe in that left role, that's the way I look at, you know, Zoboslai. Both of them deployed on the left, but operate in a lot of central spaces when they, they come inside that. That is Soboslai, whereas Havertz is not Smith-Rowe. There's a lot of difference between Smith-Rowe and, and Havertz. So I think we're going to see a different style of, 
of operator with Havertz coming in. So I'm looking forward to that. He offers us so much difference and variation, Havertz. So again, another big reason why I chose and would choose Havertz to come in at the moment. And uh, on top of the fact that I, I believe in Arteta to get the best from him. Uh, Iwani says, Tom, what do you think of the new offside rule um, from Arsene and FIFA? Uh, let's have a quick look at that. Offside rule, Wenger. Let's have a look. Uh, offside rule could change, uh, is the headline. Uh, offside rule could face another major change as FIFA consider Arsene Wenger's idea. FIFA are close to introducing another major new change to the offside rule. Uh, apparently, the proposal for the altercation was put forward by Arsene Wenger. He wants to adapt the rule yet again. Um, at the moment, a player is offside when they are in the opponent's half and when the ball is played. Any part of the body is closer to the opponent's goal line than both the ball and the second last opponent. One of those two opponents is almost always the goalkeeper. So usually if either the ball or one outfield player opponent is not between the ball. Yes, that's how I understand. However, FIFA are set to tweak the offside law. Wenger's proposal will see that change to the whole goal scoring body of the player this means that if any part of the body is behind the last defender the attacker will remain onside unquestionably the news will leave attackers feeling buoyant given a major advantage when looking to make runs off the back of opponents naturally a striker will balance themselves in a forward motion with their arms ahead uh, to point where they are set to run as much better attacker. The rule change will first will be first implemented in a trial period in Netherlands, Sweden, and Italy. So this is an interesting one. Good question, Iwani. So basically, if there is daylight between the defender and the the forwards, or you know the second to last player and the uh, and the and the opposition player, that's when it's offside. So it's basically the daylight rule is being implemented. I like this. I, I I like this rule. What I think that it will encourage, however, and I agree with AJMO4, who says this is going to kill the high line tactic. This is so true. Teams are going to sit back and defend deeper um, to try and counteract this. Will it have a negative impact on football? Will it cause teams to be more defensive? Maybe. I kind of like it in essence. I like it on paper. I like the idea of it not being kind of a toenail offside and that now if there is a gap between the two players, um, you know, that's going to think. The problem that we have now, the problem that we have is the whole where it is, you know, on the arms type of thing. So say if you've got your arm, if you're in a running motion, let's put it that, and your arm is behind you, and it should do it this way. If your arm is behind you like this, but your arm can't be off, uh, can't be deemed offside or keep you onside. That could create a problem in terms of where they judge on the line. I think it needs more cameras, so because you know determining daylight is is an issue. Because um, if you've got to think, if you think about sometimes they do the lines, don't they? Where they you know where they mark it on players. That's going to be trickier if it's a daylight rule to do that. So you're going to need more cameras. And potentially kind of the the moving of cameras as well to kind of judge it. So very, very difficult. Um so yes, yeah, I know that I know that you'll still have the daylight, Keith. I know what you're saying, but my argument is is that it's where on the arm, do you know? Because if the arm is outstretched at the moment, it's the sleeve. So this here is said to be the cutoff point, but it, it could be difficult to judge that. Um so let's wait and see. Um but I think that the offside rule has been something that has always caused a lot of controversy. And so is obviously if, if we can find a way of making it better, sure. But it could change the game significantly. 
really significantly. So yeah, let's let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what ends up happening. But it's a really good question. Thanks for bringing that up because uh, um, I hadn't actually seen that. So yeah, it's certainly good to be caught up on things. That's why I rely on you guys in the chat box to keep me clued in at times. Um, Massi Bulele says, Hey Tom, assuming we sign Havertz, Rice, Timber with Partey and Xhaka staying, what's your starting level? By the way, if that happens, we don't need to sign another midfielder. If Partey and Xhaka are staying, we're fine. You know, and that's fine. You know, I'm happy with that. If you add Rice to Partey and Xhaka, buzzing. I'm buzzing with that. You know, you think about those two took us to a title race very close to, to getting in. Then you're adding Declan Rice into things. You don't need to change anything. Um, that'd be wonderful. Um, but uh, And you're adding Havertz, the potential midfield three as well. Who's What's my starting eleven if that happens? Good question because, you know, right, if we face Man City for a title decider, it's a good question, actually. I would play Rice and Partey together um, to give you more midfield combatants, if that makes sense, with Odegaard being at the uh, kind of a more of a 10 role. Havertz probably wouldn't start in that sense then. And then you go Jesus. Um, you go Jesus. It's interesting, actually, because what you could do is you could play Jesus and Havertz together in kind of a front two and then move Saka and Martinelli into sides and play something of 4-4-2. Yes, that would mean Odegaard misses out, which I know people might go, what? What are you talking about? But Havertz is really good off the ball. Really good off the ball, really good at pressing, and so is Jesus. So what you could have is you could have Jesus and Havertz as kind of a pair, and then you could have Sacra Martinelli in the wide areas and Rice and Partey in the middle. And then you'd have like uh, Jesus and, and Havertz kind of working together to, to press the back line. And, you know, that might be the better. Because even though Odegaard's really good at pressing, he's not, he can't play kind of that second striker role, if you like, that Havertz can. So maybe that's something to consider. If not, Maybe Partey, Erdegaard, and you know, um, Rice is the midfield three, and you go with Jesus, Saka, and Martinelli as the front three. And I think at the, in the defensive areas, you, I'd probably not go with Zinchenko in that case because you've got Partey and, and Rice, you've got kind of those two deeper midfielders together anyway. I'd probably go with a Tomiyasu um, at left back or a Kivior at left back instead. Um, and then I know some people will say Tierney, but I still think you could use a. Uh, you know, like the, the centre-back options that, that we see City use. You've got Ben White, you've got Saliba, Gabriel, and then one of Tommy or or Kivior maybe at left-back. So I think what's great is that we've got all of these options, you know, and, and that's that's great is that we are going to be able to, we're going to be able to see Arteta choose and decide and you know, come to a conclusion about what he wants to see and what he wants to use. So, yeah. And so people go, how can you not start Odegaard? Well, you know, some games might require certain lineups. You know, people might have said to to um, to Pep, how can you not start Mares in this game? How can you not start Bernardo Silva in this game? How can you not start Carl Walker in this game? You know, those types of questions were being asked. And these are top, top players. So yeah, you might say to me, how can you not start Martin Odegaard? But if the game doesn't require it, and if you want to go with something different, that's fine. That's the point of bringing in competition. You know, that's the point of bringing in players that can battle and compete with players like Odegaard and, you know, change you and give you different options. So don't come at me, you know, like, and say, how can you not start Odegaard? Because, you know, you're talking to Odegaard's number one fan right here. You know, he's on the back of the best Arsenal shirt ever made, which was last season's away kit for me. And I wouldn't probably put anyone else right now in the squad on that shirt. But if the game doesn't, if the game suits a different option, Use a different option. 
you know, that's that's the benefit of having these these signings come in, and it's great. I always feel like, and we started off the show, I think, I can't remember who asked the question now, but we started off the show with someone asking, what happens to Ben White now we've signed Timber? And we need to get out of this mindset. You know, this is the mindset we need to leave. It's not, what about this guy if we're going to sign him? What about him if we sign him? You know, no. Now it's going to be about competition. Now it's about, we've signed this guy. Let's look, wait and see how we use him in combination with, instead of, in, you know, uh, in partnership with somebody else. That's the excitement. That's the excitement of of where we're at. Um Reese says Arsenal's new away kit is the best kit, Tom. Now, Reese, you know, I've seen some sarcasm down the years, but that that takes the, the the sausage roll, that does. That takes the biscuit. Because the Arsenal away kit for this season, quite frankly, is the worst kit. <laughs> to go from the black kit of last season to the monstrosity <laughs> that, that is the away kit for this season. I'm sorry, but I'm just not happy about it. Will I get it? Probably, because I'm obsessed with buying Arsenal stuff. But uh, maybe is it, it's like one of those, you know, when you watch a program and it's so bad that you can't stop watching it. Um, oh, there was a program recently that was like that. I can't remember what it is now. Um, clearly, it was really good because <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. But you end up watching something that's so bad that it's good. It's kind of like Love Island. <laughs> But I would be very surprised if the away kit grows on me. I just can't see it happening. I just can't see it happening. Um, yeah, um, it's. Yeah, I see you guys are agreeing with me with the Love Island comparison. The away kit is the Love Island of kits. That's what it is. So bad that it might turn out to be okay. I just need to see it on Declan Rice. Once I've seen it on Declan Rice, I might be completely bowled over by it. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But uh yeah, <laughs> it's going to be very, very, very interesting indeed seeing that kit used. I just can't see it being a benefit to us. And if we have a really bad record in that shirt, I'm going to be banging on the Adidas headquarters, asking them to make major changes mid-season. You know, think about the pink kit we had last season. We used that in like two games. It was never seen again. I think the women's and the youth teams used it sometimes, but I never saw the men's team use it. <laughs> Ever since kind of like the Bournemouth game, uh, the away Bournemouth game. I think we used it in the Crystal Palace away game in the first game of the season. And then we just never saw it again. <laughs> it just never was used. I'm hoping that that happens again. Um, I'm hoping that happens again with the uh, with the the away kit for this season that we just used the green kit. I quite like the green kit. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that one. But uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, I'm hoping to bring you a show this afternoon, maybe. Uh, what I will be on is I will be on the Hybrid Squad tonight. It's every fortnight uh, on the Hybrid Squad. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and as I say, I've got some really cool guests uh, coming for you this week. I'm looking forward to speaking to some good friends, some colleagues, and, uh, and yeah, uh, some exciting content to come this week as well. Enjoy yourselves. Get yourself a cold sausage roll if you can. Um, and uh, and hopefully we get some really, really big news. Also, of course, with it being midweek, uh, I will be doing the uh, the Arsenal Way. That'll be live at 10. We're very close to hitting 80,000 subscribers over there. And we're very close to hitting 50,000 subscribers here. I got a question yesterday, which is, is there going to be a 50K stream? All I can say is there's something in the works. We're trying to sort something out. 
Hopefully there's going to be a 50K, something to celebrate 50K if and when. I know I'm speaking very presumptuously like it's going to happen, but we are moving swiftly towards that 50K mark. Um, thanks to everyone that helps us get to 49,000. Very much appreciate and welcome to all of our new listeners. Um, but yes, please uh, do uh, indeed continue to support the channel. Press the like button, get your nan to subscribe, your granddad to subscribe, get all the extended family to subscribe um as we go towards 50k hijack their phones and just yeah subscribe subscribe to tgt um and uh yeah maybe there'll be free sausage rolls in our 50k <laughs> in our 50k uh stream um thank you everyone for tuning in please of course do help the uh the fundraiser if you are based in the uk you can donate i'm going to be chasing up for those that aren't based in the uk to find out why on earth you can't for some reason donate um but let's wait and see. Um, thank you, everyone that's listened. Thank you, everyone that's tuned in. Make sure you like the video before you leave. And I'll see you on the Arsenal way in just under an hour and a half's time. Have a fantastic start to your week. Stay safe, stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.